Welcome to the Oracle Podcast for the Opinion section, where we talk about politics and current events around USF and the broader community. My name is Haley. I'm Tim. And I'm Nick, and we're your hosts for tonight's discussion. So let's get right into it. All right. So we just got done watching the debate. Uh, let's talk about like initial feelings right off the bat. My initial feeling is that, honestly, I feel like not a lot was said. You know, I feel really? like I, I feel like both VPs kind of just. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to compare because the first debate was so chaotic and a lot was said, but not a lot was, you know, not a lot of meaning, but. I just feel like they kept repeating the same things over and over again. It wasn't a lot of new information that we didn't already know. You know, we know that, you know, Biden, Kamala, they want, you know, the Green New Deal. We know that, um, you know, Pence is from the current administration and we know that, you know, they didn't handle coronavirus so well. And I feel like nothing was really admitted or changed about what we currently know. But that's just my interpretation. That's fair. I, I would say that it was definitely more informative than the first debate, um, where the first debate was very much like a popularity contest uh, between the two candidates over who can talk the loudest and uh, get their arguments across. Um, this one was a little bit more respectful and uh, more typical of uh, debates. Um, but yeah, they, while they got their points across, it was very much in line with stances they've taken in the past and information that's already out there. Um, but I think they did a good job of presenting it to the American people in a way that the, um, actual presidential candidates did not. Mm -hmm. I did want to say that it, it was interesting because the first debate was hosted by Fox if I'm correct. And this one was hosted by CNN. And I felt like there were a lot more pointed questions at the current administration. And I feel like that's fair because, you know, it is the current administration. But um, it was just interesting to see that distinction. Not that, you know, Pence took any of these very directed questions about, you know, handling of coronavirus and gave us any new information or mm -hmm. admitted any fault. But it was just interesting to see the different style of moderation. I don't know. I didn't really see... I think their styles depended on who they were talking to. So I feel like Susan Page, I mean, she was calm because generally the conversation was calm. Most of the time, they respected each other's times. They said, can I have 15 seconds? Can I have 30 seconds? You know, I didn't see very many times where they got, they talked over each other. So Susan didn't have to be aggressive. But like Chris Wallace was definitely aggressive um in the previous debate because he had to be because he's like you guys got to stop talking we have to move on you know he had to get loud so i feel like they were just responding to what they were getting yeah that's yeah. true it's also just a difference in you know the the the, the participants uh debate styles that definitely changed yeah. the feeling of yeah um well tim if you have nothing to add about that specifically i i, I would love to start talking about um, the first question about coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. How, um, so I, I felt like Pence didn't, you know, say enough um, about what the current administration is doing. You know, the question specifically was, hey, you guys aren't doing so great. You know, how can we expect you guys to do better if you get reelected? And I felt like Trump, or not Trump, Pence kind of just said, like, 
no, we are doing great and we're going to keep doing great. I, I tend to agree with that, but I don't think either side actively addressed their plans going forward. Um, but I do no, think Kamala did. Made, no, I'm she, sorry. She, she said very vague things. She didn't put forth anything that was actively going to change anything. It very much mirrored what the Trump administration has already done. Well, yes, but that was her plan, you know, although it was big, she's just like, she wants to administer the vaccine, she wants to, you know, perform contact tracing, and ben Pence was like, we're already doing that, we're already taking these steps to go there. So, yeah, she didn't say anything new, but she did lay out a plan. I was surprised that she wasn't more aggressive about, you know, wanting to, you know, like a mask mandate, or like, maybe, um, like another lockdown, or something, or any anything about, um, another relief bill i i, I feel she, like no go ahead um I, I think if she did she would have alienated a significant part of um the voters out there in this country who are worried more about the economic situation rather than um covid19 as the pandemic progresses mm. um we are already looking at a significant recession um, coming from this and if we go into lockdown again, it's only going to exacerbate the issues we are already facing. You say lockdown again, and I would like to point out that I don't feel like we ever really did a real lockdown. You know, we you know we said we were in lockdown, we were in quarantine, but life as we knew it never really changed. I mean, we weren't even wearing masks for the first couple of weeks of, you know, the lockdown. It was still pretty, like no businesses were enforcing it. But um, I mean, only I believe... a couple. Oh, go ahead. I believe the closest we got in Hillsborough was a curfew, or at least for Tampa. three days, It was right? like a 9 p.m. curfew, 6 a.m., so that, you know, people don't go out to bars, people don't eat late, you know, late at night at restaurants. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Yeah, not really a full lockdown of the country or of the state. Well, the know? country itself, you, you can't, it, arguably, it's not constitutional for the president right. to demand that without martial law. And if you're implement, uh, implementing martial law, that's a whole other issue. Um, so it, would be, it came down to the governors. And ultimately, we live in a more conservative state and a governor that did not want to um, enforce a total lockdown. Um, so, yeah. We and the issue is you don't get an effective lockdown unless every state participates in it. True. You know? Because people were still, I mean, and Florida is a huge tourist location. And people, I mean, people slowed down, but tourism never really stopped. You know, because um, a lot of businesses around here rely on it. And obviously, a lot of businesses didn't go out of business for the, you know, yeah. the two months that we were in the lockdown and everything started opening back up. But I feel like if we just if, if we had an administration that was willing to do just three solid weeks or we just I don't know, I honestly don't know how we would enforce it. But if people just weren't able to, you know, go out in public and you know, do these things, and we were able to, you know, support them during that time, then, you know, the coronavirus just wouldn't have a chance to spread. But yeah, but I think that Kamala wouldn't, I, I don't think that she would support a mandate or, you know, verbally support it, at least, and neither would Biden, because actually Pence mentioned this um, after she answered the COVID question. He said, you know, um, they could ask for mandates. They he basically pointed out how Democrats 
and their talking points kind of sound like it could be moving towards like authoritarian or trying to control what you do, where you go, what you wear, um, that a lot of people are afraid of. So he pointed that out and she didn't, you know, she didn't dig herself into a hole. She didn't even mention the mandates. She kind of went a, you know, a different way um, because he was like, you know, we need to respect the, Ameri the American people and what they, you know, what to do and their own choices. And she's like, well, you respect you should respect American people by telling the truth. Um, and then she refers to the January uh, 28th, I think, um, time where Pence and Trump were informed about the coronavirus and its risks, and they didn't let the American people know what was going on. So she diverted the question away from, you know, talking about mandates. I don't think that they would actually do that if they were in office, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I'm speaking as, you know, my personal opinion, but I think you're right. I, I doubt that, um, you know, the Biden administration's response to COVID would be any more aggressive. I don't, I, I'm not sure exactly how different it would be because, yeah, you know, obviously the correct steps with human lives in mind would lead to economic issues. So I'm not, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think that, you know, Pence can go and say that the Trump administration has taken, you know, the, you know, has every step they've taken has been with human lives in mind and human and, you know, the safety of citizens in mind, because, I mean, if that were true, we wouldn't be where we are now. I mean, the, he's talking, you know, the, the director of the, you know, the COVID relief team is still discussing it, you know nine months how many six seven months later between two layers of plexiglass you know what i mean right <laughs> yeah that, just, that was not a question set up for pence to win no definitely but you know i gotta give him credit though honestly the guy did a great job of deflecting and getting away from those tough answers Absolutely. or the, you know those tough questions um mm -hmm. especially when asked uh you know what do you wh how, what would you like your home state to do um if Roe v. Wade was um, abolished, he went. That was the question that he actually went back to the last question, which I personally thought was really disrespectful of kind of the format. And the, I mean, the rules that they agreed to. But regardless, um, he took his full two minutes to discuss the, the last question, and then it went, you know, straight over to Kamala. Yeah, he did that a couple of times where he would go back to the previous question or use his time for the new question to respond to her mm -hmm. response um and i i felt like i it, it took away from me learning about him and learning about trump when he did that mm -hmm. or like when they asked about like why didn't you specifically like wear a mask at the rose garden event you know why why should how can we be telling citizens to do this when our current administration isn't and right. he kind of was just like, we trust the American people to, you know, to, to, to do it themselves. We trust the American people to make the right decision. And it's like, you were at a super spreader, like, event. Like, you were there, and you were not wearing a mask. Um, but, yeah. The second topic was about the office of the vice presidency. And Susan Page asked, uh, in the most tactful way possible, uh, do have you and your running mate made a plan for what could happen if either of them pass? 
you know, Trump has COVID right now. He's in the age range that's most likely to die from COVID. Um, so she basically said, you know, what would, uh, you know, what would you guys do? And neither of them, to me, answered the question. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Like nothing? No, not at all. Um, both deflected very well back to either COVID or um, I know Harris shifted to um, transparency and into Trump's taxes. Um, but yeah, no, they they didn't address this in any straightforward manner. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. I, 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 it's It's a weird situation because we were coming off of the COVID-19 question. And personally, I think they should have allotted more time for that. You know, because both people I feel have a lot to say, and it is a big topic, but obviously they didn't, and you know they had to move on. But I feel like both both VPs definitely, you know, I, I feel like half the time that they allotted for the discussion of you know the vice presidency position was spent talking about the last question. So it's hard for me to it's hard for me to comment on you know their answers because I honestly uh, it kind of all blended together in a bunch of different answers, but. Yeah, Pence just was like, I'd like to go back to, <laughs> to that stuff. Yeah. And then Kamala, um, and I, I heard that this was like being tweeted or being talked about. Uh, Kamala basically said "I she would not take the vaccine if, if Trump like endorsed it. She would only take the vaccine if like every health official in America endorsed it. Yeah. And um, like obviously so. she means, you know, if every health in- you know, uh, every health person endorses it, and also Trump endorses it. I'm sure that you know she's not saying she. Yeah. Didn't then, but yeah, very very interesting, and it's it, it's interesting because you know we have Trump in the hospital right now, and he's currently doing this um, experimental kind of cocktail of a bunch of different um, supplements, right? Mm-hmm. And I maybe she was referring to that as in like, what if you know. If they start um, suggesting that everyone do this, would you do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I but just, it was just interesting, and I don't even know if Pence talked about that. Like, if he would take the vaccine, I think he said that he would in, a, in, in previous interviews. Yeah, he really um, hammered into the fact that um, the Trump administration is pushing to get that vaccine out by the end of the year. Um, and that it is reliable and not to like shame all these uh, people and like cast doubt on it and all that. Um, whether or not it is going to uh, work out that way is another thing entirely, but he was very adamant about that uh, in this debate. Yeah, I think Kamala's probably just worried um, about how, how much Trump seems to be pushing for it, you know, for his own image. You know, he's saying that we're going to have it before the before the election. That 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 doesn't sound to me like they're going to put as much work and, you know, you know, scrutiny into the the, the human trials when they uh, have they moved to trials on the vaccine yet? Do you know? Yeah, uh, I, I feel like we just don't know enough about it. And yeah, I would be afraid to take it too, honestly, if they came out with it tomorrow, and Trump was like, "Yeah, this is it. Everyone, bottoms up." <laughs> like, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Very true. Um, I have from the National Institutes of Health says 
fourth large-scale COVID vaccine trial begins in the United States, and they have begun enrolling adult volunteers as of September 23rd. So doing human trials right now, mm. honestly, I, I think I would trust it. Mm. You know? If, I don't think I'd be one of the first people to take it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, if they came out and said it's ready, then yes, I would take it. I wouldn't just not take it just because that's the one that came out during Trump's presidency. And I'm not exactly sure what Kamala meant when she said that, you know, because she was, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, it was just strange wording, but. Um, because I don't think there'd be anything that comes out that he would endorse, but health officials wouldn't. I think it yeah. would just kind of go hand in hand. I feel like it was just kind of a divisive jab. Yeah. To get in yeah. there. She she had a lot of jabs, honestly. I want to talk about like, her demeanor, like both of their demeanors. It was such an interesting clash of personalities because I feel like it's two very different people. You know, it's this older, you know, uh, very strict Christian, evangelic, evangelical, right? Um, he was very, you know, pro-life. He's very, you know, far right. He's, you know, traditional traditional sure and kamala is a younger you know career politician black woman so n- <laughs> no tim <laughs> you can't see this at home but tim just made a face <laughs> yeah. she's predominantly um asian and i believe only like an eighth she's jamaican yeah oh sure um, so yeah it's it is it is projected as that but it's it's on similar lines I just wanted to, to clarify yeah um, yeah yeah they definitely come from different worlds um i felt a few times a lot of the things she did uh a lot of the jabs and the the one-liners that and i feel like she had many more one-liners she was definitely quicker than, than pence pence doesn't do that um you know, when Pence wanted to hurt Kamala, Pence would talk about family and he would talk, he would get kind of emotional um, and talk about her family, his family, you know, the families of Trump and, uh, you know, military families. But she would do one liners and jabs a lot. And I felt like a lot of them didn't hit because she didn't have an audience to respond to her. Um, yes. And I felt like there was like a silence right after. And I was like, ooh, Where you know, people that. Would- you know, clap. Typically, like, woo, you know, yeah, they would yeah. jeer, but there was, it wasn't there, so I felt like it didn't hit as hard, and it kind of, to me, it made her feel like she, kind of like how people felt about Hillary Clinton early on um, in her debates against Trump in 2016, it made her feel like she thought she was superior to to pence to me like just brushed him off you know said her things like oh whatever um i i felt like it made her feel like she was taking it less seriously than he was very true um he he seemed to have a little bit more i would say decorum um uh, but it kind of fell back and forth like going into this um debate i expected pence to be um far more passive and kamala to do pretty much what she did um which was go 
go after uh, like the weak points in Pence's and Trump's uh, presidency and just really hammer those few things. Um, and Pence was able to kind of shy away from her demeanor by approaching things uh, honestly a little bit more calmly, but more um, more spirited than I thought he would. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. it was interesting to see that dynamic. Definitely interesting. I do, I remember one moment where Pence looked at her and said, you need to stop playing politics with people's lives. And it cut back to Kamala, and I just, she looked very emotional in that moment, I, if I remember it. And honestly, Kamala did, I, I felt like her emotions were very high the entire debate. Um, and I agree with you saying that, you know, Pence is definitely a lot less, um, you know, emotional in the way that he debates, but... There were a lot of moments where it looked like Kamala, if, if that plexiglass wasn't between them, you know, there might have been a bit of an issue. But, um, yeah, it was a very interesting mix of debating styles. And you're right, Kamala definitely is much more of an emotional debater. And she went after a lot of the weaknesses in the Trump's campaign. And I thought that Trump, not Trump, uh, Pence used his moments where, you know, we're supposed to be uninterrupted to kind of steer the conversation and say things like you need to stop playing politics with people's lives because that's kind of the issue of the of you know the trump administration that you know they were talking about was you know putting politics before people in terms of the COVID response so um it's it, it, i i felt like he knew that kamala would not want to be seen as you know the one who interrupted the most so he used that to his advantage knowing that she wouldn't be able to respond and i think that kamala did that very i mean we're gonna see the numbers soon about who had the most speaking time but i guarantee that you know kamala will have less speaking time just because she didn't interrupt as much or she didn't go over time as much Absolutely. It definitely Pence was on the defensive. I mean, he had to be. He's the sitting vice president. That's, you know, that's really his his job. But I didn't feel, uh, and I felt the same way about the Trump debate. Uh, I didn't feel like I learned about any new plans. It was mm -hmm. more a what, Tim? You have something? Um, in, on a similar light to um, what was brought up um, in all of these things. A few of the points that I actually um, think weren't talked about, um, like in a typical news cycle, um, mm -hmm. Pence actually addressed fairly well um, tonight, especially on like climate change and the policies that um, they've put forth, as well as um, China and. Uh, somewhat on the the racial justice questions but not nearly as much as on i think um climate change which we typically don't hear much from um the trump administration on um, but, right yeah. he pointed he pointed out the two trillion dollar green new deal isn't feasible you know he um i was surprised to hear kamala harris come out and straight up say joe does not support banning fracking because, I mean, in the past couple of interviews, I, I, I distinctly remember Kamala saying, 
yeah, we definitely support banning fracking. So that was just interesting for me to hear. And I wonder what the truth is about that. But um, I believe yeah. she does specifically yes. her personal beliefs are she does not support it. But mm -hmm. Biden does. So they have like a little bit of um, they have a lot of ideological differences compared to Pence and Trump. It's strange, you know, seeing that. Uh, I mean, I've pretty much everything today is uh, become a partisan. Is it bipartisan? Partisan? It, it has become partisan. like a set part. It has become a partisan issue. But it's strange to me to see that both, you know, our Republican president and our Democratic nominee both support fracking when, you know, Biden's kind of running on this, you know, Green New Deal healthcare platform. It's just it's strange for me to hear. Kamala Harris looked directly into the camera and say straight up, we are not going to ban fracking. Uh, it, it definitely felt, and Tim, I, this, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about how they're concerned about turning away people who are uh, voting based on economics. I, I wanted to say it's strange that I feel like that's strange for them because they are the liberal candidates. They're the Democratic candidates, and that's typically a Republican thing. It, I feel like, you know, Biden obviously knows he has the vote with Democrats. So do you think that maybe he's trying to get some people on the right to come over to his side by saying things like, we're going to focus on economy, we're going to focus, you know, we're not going to ban fracking, we're not going to be as, uh, you know, extremists as you think we're going to be? He needs to, mm -hmm. because we do still have a system um, for the time being that is supported by the Electoral College. And he needs these states where it is not a Democrat majority area. He needs to bring over the moderates and some conservatives from these states. He tries to do it with the um, like the religious side of things because, as uh, Harris mentioned, um, he will be the second um, practicing Catholic uh, president if elected. Um, and so he he needs some of these votes because like it or not, he can't just get by with the densely populated areas around the coasts um, that are typically more Democrat leaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Haley? Um, I agree. Uh, I also feel like Pence tried to win over a few Democrats tonight with the uh, talking about net net. Uh, natural gas emissions, I believe, and talking about how, you know, we can still, you know, keep these jobs, continue fracking, and also hit, you know, net uh, natural gas emissions and switch to natural gas. Um, and so he, he kind of was like, you know, we're doing a little bit on climate change. But he, I don't believe that he said when the moderator asked him, do you think climate change is an existential threat? I don't believe he said yes or no to that. Kamala Harris definitely said yes. Mm -hmm. um, he just he said the climate is changing and we're going to follow <laughs> the science. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, which is a lot for <laughs> for um, the current administration to say, I feel. But, you know, I, well, have they, mm -hmm. what, what has been the stance? I, I, I don't follow uh, the, on this particular issue, but what is the current administration's stance on climate change? Do you know? Um. For the most part, it's been very much that um, weather has been changing. There are patterns that we can see, but that it's not as widespread or as um, detrimental um, 
as a lot of people are saying. Um, mm -hmm. So they've they've kind of tried to focus on um, not necessarily putting it on the back burner, but not putting as much of a focus on it as the, um, the Democratic um, nominees have or candidates. Um, Definitely. Mm -hmm. In the last debate, I think didn't Trump say something when pressed about um, when pressed about climate change? Didn't he say? I think I I have a quote here. He said, uh, "Fill the air, fill the air while I find the quote." Okay, I was looking at some. I was looking at some platforms the White House has. Um, okay, I found it. Okay. So <laughs> Wallace asked. You believe that human pollution, gas, greenhouse gas emissions contribute to the global warming of this planet? That was a very strange way to ask a question, but that was what he asked. And Trump responded, I think a lot of things do, but I think to an extent, yes. Um, so okay. I feel like so he it's a reasonable, reasonable, definitely erring on the side of safety in terms of, you know, not wanting you know, to be quoted as saying humans are the cause of, yeah. you know, global warming. Because um, we still have a lot of climate change deniers out there right now, you know, and it's a serious issue. And But I, I, I like that they're talking about it. I like that they're admitting that there is an issue. Um, and I feel like they're definitely going to get a couple of points for that. But it's interesting to see both parties, you know, picking and choosing things to kind of concede on a little bit and say, yes, okay, we'll do this come over to our side you know yeah cooler heads definitely prevailed mm -hmm. um, i want to move on to either the topic we don't have a lot of time left so either the topic of abortion and uh bringing up supreme court justice amy well possible supreme court justice amy barrett or uh brianna taylor and reforming our justice system um, do you guys have stronger opinions about either one that you want to talk about? Uh, both are contentious topics, so. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, feel I like definitely there's... think, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I definitely uh, was surprised that neither one of them went moderate on abortion. Like, it was pretty much Kamala was pro-choice and Pencil's very clear he was pro-life. Yes. So they, they were very clear on their uh, uh, stances for abortion. And Pence talked about Amy Coney Barrett and Kamala. I don't think she mentioned her once. She did not really focus on, uh, you know, supporting that or not. Mm -hmm. What did, I don't remember, what did Pence say about Breonna Taylor? Did he, um, did he comment? Very much yeah. a, yeah, it was, it was, um, that it was a tragedy, um, but that the grand jury decided um, what was justified or not in that case, um, and that he would side with the grand jury because he believes in the um, justice system and that uh, our way mm -hmm. of finding justice is appropriate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. He stuck with the a very a very classic conservative responses. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, every it, 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 you know, we need to trust our system. We need to trust our people. We need to trust, you know, how America works right now. And he also said, 
at, by the end of his response, he also said, we don't have to choose between supporting African-Americans and also supporting our criminal justice system. So he, I think, appealed to Democrats slightly uh, when he said that. But that's that's what I got. He also um, defended Trump when Kamala brought up the white supremacy quote from last debate. He basically said, you know, in Charlottesville, I think in 2017, um, after the riots, after the one woman uh, got killed, uh, he Trump did come out and condemn the neo-Nazis, white supremacists. Um, and then he turned it on to Kamala's criminal justice record. I... I feel like there's this huge issue with whether or not Trump condemned, you know, and it, it's it's a very like people want a very he goes back and thing. forth. He goes back and forth and they want Trump to come out and say, I condemn white supremacists. I want I condemn the Proud Boys. I condemn right. you know, all these groups. And yes, he does go back and forth a lot. But, you know, it's it's true in the past. He has been quoted saying things like. I, you know, do not agree with what they're doing. I condemn these groups. But then at other times he says, you know, who are those people? Who are the Proud Boys? I've never heard of them. Or, you <laughs> know, stand stand back and stand by. Um, just his famous quote from the last debate. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a hard thing to talk about because, you know, uh, Democrats can say he's never condemned it. He doesn't condemn it. And then Republicans can just fire back. Oh, yes, he did. And here's a quote, you know, but. The issue is that he's not, he's not consistent, consistent, and he's not doing anything. on a very easy issue to be consistent on. Right, exactly. Frankly. I, I just, I would very much say that um, at most he's hesitant um, when it comes to condemning that sort of thing, and that is an issue in and of itself. It should never be a hesitation kind of thing. Um, though I do believe in understanding what these groups involved are, like, I, I get what he was saying when he, he was asking, like, who are these people? I don't know about them. Like, um, mm. I, I'm not just going to outwardly condemn someone just because you say that they are that thing. Let me do my research and so on. Um, but on the general basis of just the topic of white supremacy, absolutely 100% needs to be a condemned every time mm -hmm. um but mm -hmm. you should also be aware of what like groups are being condemned kind of sure sure i think another big issue and i don't i don't want to you know suggest that this is the, uh, the the reason that trump is not condemning these groups but historically a lot of people in these groups are voting for trump and have voted for trump and support him and so it would it could be you know, a dangerous thing for him to say, you know, st saying as a person, you know, removing myself from the situation, it's a smart move. It's a smart move for him not to, you know, smack talk, you know, white supremacists, because I feel, and this is, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying this is the reason, but I feel as though a lot of those groups, people in those groups do vote conservatively usually and i'm not saying that all conservatives are like that obviously that's completely not true but a lot of the there is a base good. there Very, is a base yes. there i believe um tim we watched a uh a documentary about trump's road to the white house in 2016 and was it roger stone 
I'm fairly sure that he he was he basically went out and said, "Listen, we have a few uh, people in our in our party and in our and in Trump's you know supporter base that have these extreme views, and we don't necessarily want to isolate them." So he did confirm, you know, at least from him, that that is a strategy of theirs. Um, And now I, I don't mean to like break away from this but we we are running out of time here um and one thing i definitely wanted to um address was the last question of the night which was posed by um an eighth grader um in utah um and the subsequent responses by the candidates uh, or vice presidential candidates um and overall i i think that um, from it, Pence had more of a statement of unity over the question, and I'm sure one of you are bringing it up. Um, but uh, Harris had a little bit more of a focus on a bright future and focusing on the um, racial justice side of the question, um, focusing less on the um, like unity of the country and more on justice for the individual and um, that the individual can get to wherever they want to go uh, in this country. And that's what she's um, mm-hmm. fighting for. And you need to be involved in elections and you need to get out and vote. Um, while Pence was very much more on the side of, um, like we may have these rigorous debates, but ultimately when we get to know one another, we're cordial, we can be friends, uh, we're still country that's, um, founded on these principles that we can agree on. Um, so let's focus on what we can agree on, not necessarily what we disagree on. Like once we get off the debate stage kind of thing. I think we should get rid of the political parties. I think that's what well, he was trying that's to say. That's what Pence was advocating for? I think so, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great take. <laughs> but. Um, no, yeah. I mean, as long as we have these, I mean, literally clear set, you know, definable differences of people, you know, and you can literally put this label on yourself and be on either side. I don't think there'll ever be a time that America is actually truly unified, you know. Um, maybe if it was more than a two-party system, if it was a three or even a four-party system, I could see it. But when it's literally team A versus team B, it's it, it, it just isn't. We're just not unified. Yes, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think that um, in this two-party system, we have very much um, isolated key parts of our core beliefs as Americans and assigned them to one side or the other. And so it's no longer um, a culture that has two parties where we can disagree on taxes and business and um, like the environment and things like that, uh, but agree on like our core values. Um, and I think they are kind of shifting in that regard. So I, I do tend to agree with you on the sense of if we had a uh, more parties in the system, I think it would be a little bit easier to focus less on um, the differences and more on the similarities. Mm-hmm. So who do you guys think won? <laughs> um, <laughs> ultimately, um both did very well uh both went yeah. like went out swinging 
Um, what does before? Hang on, before we answer this question, what does winning a debate mean? That's who my got question. their points across in the allotted time in the most in the clearest way. I, I'd say like that's winning. Also, probably winning over some undecided voters. Do you think that either one of them did that and tried to like sit in the middle, or did they just? I felt like they both just straight up appealed to their base. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, um, for me, Pence did far better than I was expecting. Um, I think that he took a lot of the uh, misconceptions about uh, the Trump administration and brought them to light. Um, and I think he did a solid job of um, making sense of Trump's positions where the president tends not to be able to. Um, so. My my backing for who won this is Pence, regardless of him going over uh, time and so on. I, I think he got more of his um, points across. I would be hesitant to say Pence. I don't personally, I can't comment on who won, but I it, it's hard for me to say Pence because of his absolute egregious overuse of, you know, the uh, uh you know completely ignoring the question and answering a completely <laughs> separate question kamala did it a couple of times but i think pence did it on almost every single question whether or not that is a good thing you know he did it in his favor i don't know whether or not that makes him the winner of the debate but um i love kamala i think she's a very confident speaker she's a very calculated speaker she you know would begin speaking sometimes and be speaking very slowly and i was wondering like why is she speaking so slow but I think we've just kind of forgotten what it's like to have a slow, calculated, you know, uh, debate, you know, kind of sp speaker, um, you know, on, on, on the stage. But I think Pence just went on too many tangents and he went over time too many times. And, and a lot of times he wasn't even talking about the question and he tried to pivot back right at the last second. But I didn't see it working out for him. I, I think what he was doing was too transparent and. Kamala was just honest, you know, Kamala was just honest about a lot of things. There was an issue she, which she deflected pretty heavily on one question that was pretty pointed, but, and I remember thinking like, Kamala, like, what are you doing? But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hard for me to say that there was a winner because like you said, Haley, I don't think either vice president, you know, swayed any voters tonight as much as they tried to you know but have i do agree points. with tim that that um pence was needed he was necessary if you know if trump supporters and people who are undecided about trump are going to be like okay well he's helping the economy he's dealing with climate change a little bit he's he's tough against china you know maybe i'm he's kind of a kook but maybe i'll vote for him i think that in that regard, Pence did win. Like, I'm actually going to change my opinion. I think that Pence did win tonight, uh, and Kamala maintained the base. Hmm. So okay. that's that's where I stand. But yeah, interesting, interesting take. Um, I I disagree, but it is an interesting take. I don't think that there was anything that Mike did tonight that Kamala didn't also do, and that she didn't do better. In terms of servicing her party. Yeah, but I think that most Democrats know, you know, 
they're going to cut student loan debt. They're going to, you know, do free college. Um, and I feel like Trump um, gets into all these scandals. He gets into he gets into uh, a lot of a lot of hot water. He he entertains, mm-hmm. and so I feel like. As I'm an undecided voter, I feel like I don't know anything about what his administration is actually doing. The people behind the scenes, the staffers, what has he accomplished? And Pence really laid it out because I don't hear that from Trump. You know, but I think he laid it out. That's a good what point. they've been doing. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And it, yeah, I see what you're saying. And I guess there just wasn't much for Kamala to say. But yeah, it was, they were both great, great speakers. And I think it was a great debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to the presidential one, October 15th. So that's all we got. Uh, I'm Haley. I'm Nick. (laughs) (laughs) And And you're watching. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for coming on and, and discussing this. It was really nice. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. See y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Rate or like us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at USF Oracle to keep up with the latest USF news. And special thanks to Joaquin Carruth for the intro and outro music. See you on the next episode.